When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello listeners, welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. As always, I'm your faithful host, Budge, and I'm joined by my usual co-conspirators, Dot and Dej. Gentlemen, how are we doing, man? I'm good, Budge, man. How are you, bro? I'm, I'm not too bad, man. I'm not too bad, especially after this week. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was itching, I was dying to get back in the studio, man, and, rec- and record this episode, man. So yeah. excited about the episode ahead, man. That's good. To how, how about how about you, Dej man? How are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing good, Budge. Been a long weekend. Yeah. One of our big bros had his wedding yesterday. Okay. Went successful. Went yeah. lovely. Went superb. And today we went to support our other big bros event, and it was live, and it was a yeah. huge success. So it's been a been a good Easter weekend. <laughs> weekend full of turnups, isn't it? Yeah, yeah bro. Shout, shout out to the guys at DLT, man. They're they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're friends of the podcast, man. Yeah, they're man. doing they're doing big things with with their event, man. Every single time it seems to get bigger and better, isn't yeah, it? Man, definitely. That's, that, definitely, that's the family, man. Yeah, definitely. That's the hundred percent. And guys, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. Um, I think Dot's had a bit to drink. So please forgive him for any slurs or if he decides to go off on a random tangent. Yeah, just, we just wanted to apologise in advance, man. Bunch, yeah. so you're picking on me today. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about that? <laughs> Bro, I'm teetotal. You know I don't drink, so I'm all good. <laughs> Dej, I saw you ordering the Malibus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sneak one in on the sly. <laughs> cool, man. So, honestly, it, it feels like a week that has been full of ups and downs, to, you know, things happening left, right and centre, man, uh, in, in the footballing world. Um, so, there's, there's literally so many different uh, topics for us to discuss. Um, one that I actually wanted to start off with was was actually not a, a, a result um, from this weekend, but it was uh, you know a, a slightly different topic. Now, it, it's 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 really interesting because it ties in with uh, something that I had been thinking about earlier on this week, and it wasn't even anything to do with football. It was just mm. like a very general uh, um, thought that I had. Um, 
But it, it, it so happened that this story's kind of tied in with, with what, what I was thinking. Um, and I mean, I, I by no means um, I'm a philosopher or, or, or anything like that. Um, but it, it, it is, you know, generally like a, a bit more of a philosophical question. Mm. And, and, and the general idea and, and, and thought is, you know, at what age, or, or if there is an age, that ignorance no longer is, can, can be tolerated. Mm. And and what sort of tied in with this thought was the story around Wayne Hennessy. So for those of you uh, listening that, that aren't aware of it, basically Wayne Hennessy was uh, um, uh, caught in a picture doing um, a very offensive gesture, yeah. which uh, was around Nazi Germany and, 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 and Hitler, right? And um, when he was confronted by the, um, the FA, basically he... Um, you know, pleaded ignorance and said that he had no idea um, about anything to do with Hitler, um, about Nazi Germany or the Nazi regime. Now, this is obviously a 32-year-old man, right, who's, you know, been uh, through the schooling program and and so on and so forth. And so, generally speaking, is that an age where, you know, he should be well aware um and and be been and have been educated about the nazi regime but they the fa um excused him and and the the the, the actual uh, um quotable was he showed a lamentable a lamentable uh, degree of ignorance about hitler about hitler fascism and the nazi regime and so on those grounds he was basically acquitted he like um they 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 let him go scot free so I, I want to understand from you guys, like, if, if he's 32, would it have been different if it was um, an 18 year old, for example, that um, that that was caught doing something like that? Uh, what, is it fair for him to be let off scot-free or is he at an age where we, 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 we can say, look, he, you know, even if he says that he doesn't know anything mm. about it, he should have educated himself on that and... Therefore, it's inexcusable. Basically, what what are you guys' thoughts on it? But as you're asking your question, I'm laughing because, mm. I mean, the the FA, what are you doing? Mm. Wayne Hennessy is telling you that he doesn't know anything about Hitler, and you're you're openly believing him. Mm. I mean, this this is disgraceful and this mm. is disgusting. And for the FA to to buy into this idea that Wayne Hennessy is not aware of of Nazis and and Hitler, it's, it's pretty disturbing to me mm, mm. and i mean come on like anybody that picks up a history book that's gone through the education system will be yeah. fully aware of who hitler is mm-hmm. and i mean when you're covering your mouth to, to say something there's there's a way to cover your mouth yeah, and the way he yeah. done it we we all know what he's done of course and what i want to see is that i want to see people above the fa come out and punish Hennessy for who mm-hmm. he is because this has been a disgusting act of ignorance mm. yeah first of all the FA aren't the most reputable organisation anyway mm. we've seen them over the years have many blunders the John Terry incident comes to mind when everybody saw what he said mm. they made him not guilty so as you said what age does it become you know acceptable that he can plead negligence mm. and I think when you're no longer considered as a young player, and mm-hmm. that's probably the age of 21, mm-hmm. I think then anything... Even, of, even a young player, come on, we mm. can't make excuses for this disturbing behaviour. Even a young mm. player of 21 should know 
should should know what what's going on in, in the world. It, yeah, it makes it even worse that he's thirty two. Like for him to say he has no idea about Hitler yeah. and the fascism, I think that's absolutely a disgrace. Mm-hmm. And what's even worse is that the FA have bought into this ideology as well, which shows that they're not really serious about clamping out all these kind of incidents mm-hmm. out and of the game. And what's what's the scary thing is, is that there's been reports emanating that Hennessy is desperate to learn about this. He wants yeah, to learn more. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, come on, how can you be buying this? This is of shocking behaviour. Mm-hmm. And the FA need to look at themselves in the mirror because this is disgraceful. And I'm sick and tired of it. Mm. Keep of saying we it keep every seeing, week. We keep seeing acts of discrimin- discriminatory behaviour, mm-hmm. etc. come out and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And this is a situation where the FA could have stamped their ground, stamped their authority and say, you know what, we're not having that. Mm-hmm. We're going to issue the biggest deterrent possible. Yeah, and yeah. again, they failed. So Butch, it's a free for all. That's what I'm trying to say. Give him a 20 game ban. What are you waiting for? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does seem as though the, the, the punishments for these um, sort of offences are, are mm. so minimal and, and, and they're not enough to deter um, people from doing it in the future. And that's why we're seeing these incidents happen so frequently and, 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 and so... But how know. many times do I come on this podcast and we're starting off with a sour note? I'm yeah. sick and tired of it. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and this is like slightly different from that so but it, it kind of links in some way and now we're talking about deterrence and and punishments and whatnot i also saw um in the paper recently that um you know the guy who uh, racially abused raheem sterling yes he went to jail for a month he came said out in the paper best. and he said he was yeah the one was it jack yeah the one that attacked jack green okay, he said it was my, the my, be- apologies, my apologies he said that the yeah. prison cell was, was the was, best was, month of his life exactly okay. so <laughs> I mean, these, and where, that's what I'm saying. These are people that are twisted mentally. So mm. as my mate Real One came on the show and he said, "What what should we do?" Public lashing, yeah. and this is why he said that because these <laughs> guys, <laughs> you, you guys are laughing. But if you publicly lash someone, they will never take that yeah, action or administer that action ever again. And at the time when this incident unfolded and he was issued with the custodial sentence of mm. a month, I knew at the time that. This isn't going to change anyone's behaviour. Mm. You need much more longer than that. He saw it as a holiday. I'm yeah, a Jack the Lad. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've been yeah. to jail. I'm the one that punched Jack Grealish <laughs> and now I'm out. So people that are thinking about doing similar acts will know that, okay, I only get a month. I don't mind that. That's mm. what I'm saying. Because the people that want to do these actions, they're, as Dot said, twisted mentally in their low lives. They've got mm. nothing going for them. So what, and what, they're ready to take this risk because it's like a thrill. Mm. Prison yeah. is like a playground yeah. to them that they enjoy it. They're probably telling their friends, yeah, I'm going to prison. They're mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. They're probably praising them, celebration party. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. But mm-hmm. even so, like, okay, so let's say they, they were to be publicly lashed. Mm-hmm. Isn't that another scenario where it's like, okay, I'll take my lashings and then... <laughs> That's like a, it's like a name. <laughs> it's one of them ones. It's a name and shame process. Mm-hmm. When you go to the shop, oh, that's the guy that got lashed. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a horrible... <laughs> yeah, there's a horrible... There's a horrible stigma <laughs> yeah, attached yeah, to your name yeah, for the rest of yeah, your yeah. life. Yeah. That's the guy that got lashed. Oh, did you see him? He got yeah. stripped, lashed. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair play. But I mean, yeah, I think the general consensus is that 
um, you know, these these, these uh, 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 punishments and, and consequences need to be a bit more severe mm. in order to act as deterrents to mm. future perpetrators of these acts, basically. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So moving on to a slightly lighter note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, Paul, I want to talk about the football and the beautiful okay. game. So, uh, like, like we said, that, that man, there, there are so many different things for us to talk about and, and, and results for us to talk about. Let's start with um, one of the results that are fresher in the mind today. Um, Everton and United. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to speak too four, much. Four, four, four nil. Everton beating United at home. Four nil. But no, Dej, I, want, I, I know. In fact, don't, I want to. I want to start off with you because you know. Which, right, you signed uh, off with me. You know, our man Marcus this Silva. Is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the man that engaged to Oli. So you you should be starting off with him. You know what? I think it's you know it's only right and poignant that yeah. we start off with the winning team. Yeah. I mean, oh, for, for Everton <laughs> to beat Man United 4-0, yeah. you've got to give him his accolades. Tactic, tactically, they were spot on. Mm. Admitted, admittedly, mm-hmm. they didn't have much in front of them in the shape of Man United. Mm. But you know what? To play Chelsea, Arsenal and Man United and to keep clean sheets in all of those games. Add, add Liverpool to that. Yeah, Liverpool as well. well although they mm. didn't win the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Another that's a good sheet. little run going. Yeah. I mean, this is a run of games where you would have thought Everton would have dropped points, mm. conceded lorry loads of goals, because that would have been in keeping with what they've done throughout the season. But mm-hmm. no, they won the game convincingly. And if I want to just move on to Man United, I've been, as everyone knows now, Oli's biggest advocate. Mm. And today, that was who? Oh, that was hideous. Yes. Hideous viewing from a Man United perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean... I watched the game. I mean, the first five minutes, there was no urgency to Man United's game. They were making silly errors. I mean, I was watching the game and thinking it almost reminded me of like a testimonial game. There was a great atmosphere, no urgency. And Man United are a team chasing that top four Mm. finish. And they didn't play like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Martial wasn't involved in the game. Lukaku had these baggy touches. Pogba <laughs> wasn't involved. I mean, there's so many issues. And one thing I would say from a Man United fan's perspective is, I think the Man United fans will be happy that this is happening now so that in the summer, Oli can wield the axe yeah, but and cut no... several players because mm. there's nowhere to hide now. The thing is, is that there's no guarantee that Ed Woodward is going to put his hands in his pocket and spend the 150 mil to turn Man United's fortunes around. There's, there's no guarantee. I think there's, there's no evidence guarantee. to say I think that. there's a guarantee because Man United, what happened today, Oli actually called out some players and said, there's some players that play today that are not going to be here next season. Yeah. And what? The, the, the Man United hierarchy have to now back Oli with that and say, you know, who do you want to get rid of? And the powers that be, the power brokers, have to deliver on their promises and get those players out of there. I mean, Smallins and Jones, these are two players mm. that were built up as the replacements to Ferdinand and Vidic. Mm-hmm. And for me, they haven't delivered. Mm-hmm. I still don't know how good they are and surely they're not good enough for Man United. Mm-hmm. Ferguson came out and said, Phil Jones, he can possibly be Man United's greatest ever player. I'm Come sorry, on. that hasn't worked out. Yeah. I mean, he's brittle. He's always in the wars. There's like an uncleanliness to his defending. Mm. I mean, there's so many problems throughout this Man United team that needs to be fixed. I mean, mm-hmm. I felt so sorry for um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the full-time whistle. He went over to the fans and put his hands up as if to say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. this is, this, the buck falls with me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you guys had to oversee this. And Ole even said the only people that turned up today was the Man United fans. 
So I think it was a tepid performance. Dead. Everton deserved their win. And the cracks go deeper than what we see on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Ed Woodward needs to appoint a footballing man to oversee what is possibly. Dej, wait, why? Why are you reciting my gist? This is what I've been what? telling you for three, four weeks. No, now. no, I'm not. And now you're, you're copying and no, pasting no, 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 what no, I've been no, saying. No. Let, <laughs> let, let me. let me. Let me talk because Oli said this is a reality check for some of the players yeah. before the game, yeah. mm-hmm. and he needs a reaction. And from what I saw today, these are players that have chucked it in. Yeah, so he needs recruitment. He needs new players that won't check it in. It's very easy for players to turn around and say, you know what? The honeymoon is over. I don't like you anymore. I'm not happy to play for you. And that's what I'm talking about. And that's the kind of performance that we got today. It was tepid. And I said to Dej in the first 20 minutes, this looks like a training match. Mm -hmm. Every 50-50, Man United were second Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Pogba dwelling on the ball. Mm -hmm. Martial looks like he... Like it's on holiday. Like it's on a yeah, vacation. I'm not reciting no. your gist in the sense that I've always said Oli's the right man for the job. But what's happening now is the players are disgracing themselves and they're sort yeah, but of doing, they, they're they, doing Oli's job for him. Okay, you want to chuck in poor performances? People I'll get Mar- rid of you. People said Mourinho's a bum. Mourinho's this. But mm. these are the, the cracks that Mourinho saw. And they're starting to rear their ugly head yet again. And I said it at the time that this Man United run has come too early. I said it. Mm-hmm. I was, I've been consistent with it. Yeah. And I said, you want to finish off a season like this, not start your tenure like this. What? And what yeah. I said at the time is that Man United are the only football club in the Premier League that run on emotion. They're putting on emotion, they sign on emotion, mm. and everything they do is on emotion. And un- until they eradicate that, we're not going to see change with Man United. Listen, like, I think with Man United, you can appoint all whoever you want, but the foundations are wrong. It's like a crack on the wall, and, and, and who, you just keep painting over it. And who you does need that to go to the foundation? It goes to the power brokers. The and Ed that's Wood- what I said. Ed Woodward needs to look at himself in the mirror yeah. because this is not good enough for Man United. Mm-hmm. As much as I dislike Man United, I appreciate them as a great club. And what I'm seeing from Man United right now, it's not good enough. Mm. It isn't good enough at all. And obviously, this now puts huge pressure on their midweek game yeah. against their, you know, Manchester counterparts exactly. at Manchester City because... Who's, they, who's at home for that game? It's Manchester, Manchester United. United. So, and let's and, be honest, the way Man United are playing right now, they have no chance against Man City. The way I'm looking at it right now, I can see another embarrassing result mm-hmm. and the pressure will be falling on Oli's shoulders and thinking, hold on, is this the right appointment? Because they showed Ed Woodward several times at the game today mm. and he looked vacant in his eyes. Mm. Mm. He looked I mean, unfounded. It, it really is the case of Sod's law. I mean, Oli didn't get the job, won Laurie loads of games, give him the job, you've given him the job and now that sparked a downturn in form. Mm. That's the way it usually goes. But as I said, I believe Oli's the right man mm. but there's problems fundamentally at Manchester United and they need to be solved if Man United are going to get back to the, you know, the dizzy heights that mm-hmm. we used to see them at. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Man United story evolves because it's been a weird weekend. I mean, yeah. the top teams, anyway, we're going to go into it, but yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah. top teams have lost. So they're still not in a bad position, but this Manchester derby, I mean, maybe before it was about stopping Liverpool from winning the league, mm-hmm. but now it's about actually getting themselves into the top four mm-hmm. because I'm sure... There's a lot of transfer targets that are going to be thinking, oh, I want to be playing Champions League, yeah, Champions exactly. League football. A lot. So well, if there's no guarantee there, then they're going to get cold feet and think, you know what, maybe there's another better option for me on the table. Mm. What, so. what, what's intriguing is how this power dynamic is going to work because all these called out the players saying X, Y, Z needs to go. Mm. How do you sell these players? 
these players are multi-millions a year and it's going to be difficult to offload them. Mm. You've got Martial that's tied down to a brand new contract. Mm. Paul Pogba, how do you sell him? Who's going to pay his wages? So it's going to be really difficult to, mm. to upturn yeah, the but squad. Paul, someone like Paul Pogba, he seems like he wants to leave. So if you want to leave, surely it should yeah, be easier of course, to get I, rid of him. I agree with that, but who has the money? Real People Magus, saying Real Madrid, Real Madrid, but Real Madrid, Madrid they're not as wealthy as what they used to be. They're looking mm. for players that are running down their contract and now poach. They mm. can't just go out and spend 150 mil on one player. They just don't have those resources anymore. But it seems that we might be going down the line where Paul Pogba wants to leave and Man United might want Paul Pogba to leave. So I'm sure all parties can get together and an amicable agreement Paul Pogba leaves. David De Gea leaves. These players need to repl- be replaced. And also, you need to add on top of that. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, I see Man United going down a, a, a dark route. So you I see them going into the abyss for a few more years? Yeah, similar to what Liverpool happened. And mm-hmm. for me, I've always said Oli's not the right man. Mm-hmm. And we saw Pochettino midweek taking his team to a Champions League semi-final for the first time. That was the man they were meant to appoint. And I stick by that. Mm. Yeah, I mean it'll be in- it'll be interesting, especially with the with the next stop being uh, the game against City. Mm. I mean, I, I I guess we generally always say that you know when it comes to a derby, you throw away your your previous form out the window yeah, because everybody's yeah. up for for mm. a derby and 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 you know uh, you know uh, plays their their heart out. So you know if 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 we see another performance like that on 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 Wednesday, then I think really really big questions need to be it, asked because Borges, that that that's a game that should shouldn't require Borges, any sort of. Borges, when you say question needs to be asked of the players of the manager Borges, or both combined, Borges, I'm, I'm going to keep it real to you. I I, I would I I say more the players. Yeah, no, you Borges, know I, I'm I'm not someone no, who usually Borges, says everything falls on the manager. Mm. I, I'm not. I'm, I, Borges, I don't subscribe, I don't subscribe man- to that belief. I think that it's both the manager and the players, right? So the mm. manager, of course, is culpable because yeah, but Bush. He, he's overseeing everything. Yeah, but, Bush. but the players also, as men, you have to take the onus upon no, yourself no, no, to Bush. say, you know what, I'm going to... like This, this is my place of employment. I'm being of paid course, to do a course, job Of here. course, Bush. I, 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 I need to... Bush, Bush, it, Bush, let's take this to the working environment. If you're at yeah. work and you're not happy with the way your manager's managing the team, mm. are you going to perform to the best of your ability? Yes or no? Your Wait, performance so will be affected. Are you trying course. to say that the players aren't happy with Oli? Is that what you're trying I'm to allude to? I'm not trying to say that. What yeah. I'm trying to say is that if they lose convincingly midweek, serious questions need to be asked. About who? The players? About, the, about the manager? About the players? Yeah. About the yeah, well, that, that's because, it. I, 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 As but, long as, mm. you know, we, 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 I mean, we agree and say that it, it, the on, the onus isn't just on one person. It's not one because party. Yeah. there are e- e- there are people that like like we said Woodward. He he he's culpable. Mm. So is uh, uh, Solskjaer, and so is uh, so are the players. So, and mm. Budge, the the thing is with me is that people are easy to point fingers at Martial, Paul Pogba, mm. but I mean Marcus Rashford. He's been shocking for weeks. I know he gets the mm. sort of homegrown privilege. Really, people don't really call mm. him out, but he's been woeful recently. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that midweek game goes. I'm going to be a keen observer yeah. because that's going to have implications to the title race and the top four. So it's going to be a very interesting game. Absolutely. Roll on Wednesday, man. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like a broken record because every single week we come on here and I always say the top four, the, the, the landscape of the top four is changing. Yeah. This result's going to change the, the, the landscape of the top four. And it's literally what we see every single week. There's a result or results that, that 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 happen and we're like well that changes things completely now the changes the dynamic completely 
Um, so obviously the 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 uh, result between Everton and United was one of those. Um, but also today, um, Arsenal losing at home to Palace is another very very yeah. big result for the for for the, for the top four. Um, so I guess I wanted to just ask your you know you guys thoughts on on the game and yeah. you know if that uh, changes things in terms of. Um, you know where Arsenal are likely to finish, um, and whether or not they're, they're going to make the top four. Does is, does does that result um, carry carry huge implications for their top four bid? Yeah, I think these results are entrenched in, in Arsenal's DNA. They always have one of these results a season. Mm. When I when I looked at the the fixture list and I saw Crystal Palace away from home going to the Emirates, I thought, wow, this mm. is a banana skin. Mm. You thought so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. even for, no, I thought, I thought, I thought with, with the midweek exploits of Napoli, you know, yeah. getting yeah. through there, I knew that there was going to be a bit of a hangover after that. And Crystal Palace are like your worst nightmare. Yeah. They're the team that when they come to your home ground, they're going to set up and counter. And they're deadly. They've got the players mm. to, to, to damage you on the counter attack. And, and to be fair, I'm not missing a few first team, key first team players. Yeah, when well. I saw um, El Nenny and, and Mavropano yeah. starting, I mean, come on. <laughs> like These players, they're not good enough for Jenkinson Arsenal. Jenkinson as well. Jenkinson Please. as well. And yeah. uh, I'm not surprised by that result, but I think that, now opens the door to the rest of their teams because Arsenal could have really cemented themselves in that yeah. top four. Yeah. But now they've really left the door open. A win would have taken Arsenal third, I believe, but now um, we're level on points with, with Spurs. Mm. I think on 66 points, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Well, what are your thoughts mm, on it, When I saw that result, I just thought Arsenal are weird. I mean, you had such a top week, you know, beating Watford away, mm. keeping a clean sheet and going to Naples. Mm. I mean, PSG and Liverpool, you know, went there and struggled and mm. Arsenal had a comfortable win. They showed they could defend and, you know, roll on Palace, home game. You would have expected them to, you know, exert some supremacy over them and think, you know, we're going for the top four. Mm. We're serious about this and win the game because, as we mentioned last week, Crystal Palace are now safe. They've mm. got nothing really to play yeah, for. Sometimes a team like Crystal Palace, they're at their most dangerous yes, when, when they've got the freedom. But as my mate Moose said, what did he say? Mustafi mm. is a prospect every week. <laughs> 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 what did he do today? Yeah, He, he justified him. He's, he's I know, and, and for me, Palace have got one of the best counter-attacks in the league. Mm. I mean, that man, Wilfred Zaha, for me, the best player outside the top six. Um, we saw with his interview with Adrian Kajumba this week, he said he wants mm. to be playing Champions League football and you can see why he's a top, top player. So mm. Palace are a team where... I always think they should be doing better. I mm. think they should be challenging that top eight, top nine mm. position. And they gave like a real masterclass in, you know, counter-attacking football. Where does this leave Arsenal? Uh, much of the same. Mm-hmm. They're in with a good chance of, you know, winning the Europa League. They're still, you know, nicely positioned for the mm. top four. I expect them to, you know, get the top four. Mm-hmm. This might just be the reality check they need in the league because Emre's been sailing along, you know, smoothly in the league at home. And, you know, this will probably just make the players become much more aware that, you know what, we're not as good as we think we are. We need mm-hmm. to keep working mm-hmm. because when you keep winning games, you know, you can get into some well, bad sense of security. Yeah, but exactly. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that the, the hairy thing about this situation is that I've marked Arsenal's home games as two wins. Mm-hmm. And we all know that they struggle away from home mm-hmm. and they were pretty fortunate to beat a 10-man Watford. Yeah. Of and course they were, yeah. 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 Now, it's like they've cancelled out that kind of result. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like a surprise result to get the win. Yeah. And now they've cancelled it out. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fare away from home because mm. 
I don't see them winning away. Mm. I'm not privy to their away games, but do you know who's their away games? Yeah, I think like they've them? got Wolves. They've got yeah. Leicester. Yeah. Wolves and Leicester. Ooh, and those are mm. two teams that yeah. fit into that sort of Crystal Palace yeah. category yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. they can spring strong. off a mm. surprise. So, mm. poor. Yeah, it's not it's as a clean cut. It's uncomfortable. It? Yeah. It is uncomfortable. I just want to finish off, off, off that by saying, by the end of this season, <laughs> I just need El Nenny, <laughs> Mustafi, <laughs> Lichtensteiner, <laughs> I need yeah. I need them in the final game of this. I want their bags to be packed before the final game of the season. They can do their rounds around the, around the pitch, say goodbye to the players, and as soon as the game's over, I need them on the first plane out of here, please. Yeah. What would you don't want to sign an autograph on? Nah, 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 I need these guys out of this club, man. Honestly. Goodness me. All right. So let's round off um today's uh results with um Liverpool's uh, 2-0 win away at Cardiff. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, mm. on, on the game? That, that was hard work. It mm. was hard work. I mean, we watched the game together as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a hot day, sweltering conditions mm-hmm. in um, Cardiff. You know, Liverpool started the game, passing the ball about. Cardiff used like a gamesmanship, is what they call it. Yeah. They didn't wet the pitch, so it was much dry. Mm-hmm. The players yeah, were passing the ball. Apparently, they left it um, one and a half, one and... One hour and ten minutes before kickoff. Yeah, so, so they left the pitch very dry. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mind that because as a home team, you're trying to get every advantage that you yeah. can get. Yeah. But yeah, you know, but Liverpool I think paid Klopp the price. In his, um, post-match press conference said that yeah, we we trained for that. Okay. We knew that they weren't going to water the pitch, so we were training on on a dry pitch. Mm. And, oh, wow. and yeah, yeah. So the game, out. I mean, the first half, you know. Liverpool had a big chance with Bobby Firmino. Yes. I mean, it was nice pass by Sadio Mane. And Bobby just leaned back as he mm. shot. You know, you'd expect him to, you know, score that chance. It was a good opportunity. And Salah had like a snapshot with his left foot. It was a tight angle, mm. sort of stuck in the middle of your left foot and right foot. Done the best he could do. But that job was like a grinding down process. Mm-hmm. Wear you know, and tear. Wear and tear. You know, the longer it gets, the more difficult mm. it will get for um, Cardiff. Then early in the second half, Liverpool have a set piece, cross. It was a nicely worked routine as well. Mm-hmm. It's oh, one of those routines yeah. that you work on in the training ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was whipped in and Genie Wanyaldum just slapped it. Perfect techers. Mm-hmm. You know, the keeper, Efridge, had no chance with mm-hmm. it. So that was the goal that Liverpool, you know, could, you know, bank themselves on and, you know, go for the second goal. And it was a... Yeah, they, they, it, it, you know what's funny about that game? It was a strange game because Liverpool were in complete control. Mm. But Cardiff had spells where they were attacking and Trent Arnold was getting pammed. Yeah, Nathan Mendes Lang was, yeah. yeah just was. direct running. It was no Literally. real skill. It was like yeah. real brute force. And I'm going to take mm. you on. And it was giving Trent a bit of, you know, issues. And yeah. It was giving Trent really hard around. times. And yeah. Trent, like, lost confidence in his game. But... Again, this is a testament to this Liverpool team. They're mm. so solid. Mm. I mean, you know what? I haven't mentioned him on this podcast yet, but Joel Matip has been one of the unsung heroes of this football club. Mm. He's been immense in the past three to four weeks. And You know what? The biggest compliment I can give him is, for me, he was better than Virgil van Dijk. Mm. We saw Virgil van Dijk. There was some mm. clearance he was, he was making. Things. Virgil, <laughs> this ain't Virgil. Yeah. It was that rash kicking mm. it into Rose. Gary yeah. Neville was yeah. Gary yeah. Neville was even shocked. He was like, wow, is this Virgil van Dijk? I don't, I don't expect this yeah. from him, just mm. kicking it out. Yeah, it was a bit... Maybe it was the weather. Mm. It might have been hot and flustered. Yeah. yeah, but as I said, Liverpool, you know, you know, um, cemented their supremacy in that game. 
and that Sean Morrison made a catalogue of errors, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which culminated in him giving away a penalty. Yeah. I mean, he was all over Mo Salah. Yeah. I mean, he's a lanky defender and he was <laughs> tugging Salah. And Salah went down. Salah put his hands up and said, ref, look, he's holding me. Mm. And he kept on holding him. <laughs> then Salah dropped. Then up steps Mr. Reliable James Milner to mm. end the game as well, a but, contest. But just, just on a side note, what, what have I been saying for the past six weeks? People coming up with, with goals that matter. People that don't mm. usually contribute contributing with goals and assists. You, who scored the two goals today? Ronaldo. That's Gini. his second goal yeah. away from home. Yeah. In the Premier League. Not not of the season, in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah. And Mr. Reliable, James Milner, mm. chipping in with a pivotal penalty mm. to seal the game. But this is the point I'm making. And I know mm. we're going to touch on the Man City game. Yeah. But Phil Foden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's going to be his biggest contribution of the season. He hasn't done anything this season. Mm. But he chipped up with the winning goal against Tottenham. Mm. And this backs up my point that I've been saying for a few weeks. That you need players that haven't contributed to now chip in and mm. step up. Definitely. I think, yeah, I think that's actually a good segue into that... Um, uh, that result yesterday, and 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 into and just generally into uh, the results and fixtures from from Saturday. Mm. Now, in particular, between City and Spurs, I think it was it was it was certainly one which was eagerly anticipated off the back of that phenomenal mm. midweek game in the Champions League. Now, for me personally, I, I I can I can I can say with confidence that that is up there with the best games of football, let, let alone Champions League football, but the best games of football that I've ever witnessed in my life. Mm. It literally had everything. Mm. End-to-end stuff. It was. It had goals. It had drama. It had controversy. You know, VAR came and reared its ugly head. It literally, <laughs> <laughs> it literally yeah. had absolutely everything. And so off the back of that, I was thinking to myself, you know, the way that, that, that City went out, I think they're they're gonna be chomping at the bit to go for for for, for Spurs at the weekend and and be very eager to to get the three points, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it didn't it didn't it didn't offer as many goals as mm. I as I'd hoped mm. for it to, um, but 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 a very very important result for City, um, and, and and like you were just saying, um, uh, dot in terms of you know the contribution from Phil Foden and and that's you know someone. Who, yeah, I'm I'm quite happy for him to get mm. that goal, you know, because there's been a lot of talk about you know him being somewhat unsettled throughout the season, um, bit, playing a bit part role in the team and wanting to to be you know more you know, involved Whoa. in the yeah. team. So for him to chip, you know, uh, uh, step up and and and, and chip him with a goal yesterday was it was quite yeah. interesting to see. But just generally, your your thoughts on the, on the game, guys? Would you? Yeah, I think. I think from what we saw yesterday, there were still remnants of of scar tissue remaining from from the midweek yeah. um, exertions, yeah. mm. exertions from from Manchester City. I think I think that game really hurt them physically and also mentally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, they started off, you know, high paced. They had a lot of emotion to the game. They were pressing. They were sliding. There was a few, you know, sceptical tackles early on and, mm. and the referee waved it on. But Man City got the early goal and that, that settled down the nerves. Um, it was a good move. Bernardo Silva, who was the man of the match of the game, mm-hmm. he was a fawn in, in, in Tottenham's armour throughout the whole course of the game. Um, he played some brilliant play through the, through the right wing and cut in and dinked a ball to Aguero. And I thought, yeah, this is 1-0. Aguero was just going to nod it in. But mm. he actually played it across 
and Foden was there to, to head in from around five yards. Um, to be fair, Tottenham will, will say that they're unlucky because I feel personally that they should have got at least a point from the game. Mm-hmm. But you want your world-class players to step up. And for me, Edison had an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have to do much in games. But when he was called upon yesterday, he, he mm. delivered a, a massive performance for Man City and he pretty much won them the game. Um, where does this leave the title race? I think the pendulum is swung back into Man City's favour. Mm. Um, I think that was a great result. To also keep a clean sheet will give them a lot of confidence. But you can see in their play that they're, they're still nervous. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, that Tottenham defeat really damaged their, their mental state. But I feel as champions, it's about just ticking off the boxes. Mm. And that's another three points for this Manchester City team. And let's be, to be honest, this team is an amazing, amazing team. Mm. And I know they got knocked out of the Champions League, but that shouldn't be like a stick to beat them with. Mm. I feel that this team is, is one of the best teams we've seen in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, that midweek game was like a, you know, a trilogy of a great boxing you know, grudge match. Yeah. I mean, like the boxers or the team just got straight stuck into each yeah, other. Yeah. We know your style. We know what you're about. Forget all the feeling out process. Yeah, and yeah. they just went straight for each other's throats. And I Do mean, it, yeah. And no, in the midweek game I'm talking okay. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously that was a high energy, high emotion game. So what we saw on Saturday was just the the shell of themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, physically. Mm-hmm. The aftermath. Yeah, the mm-hmm. aftermath. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there was nothing left. Mm-hmm. That was just going to be a game of, you know, like few goals because, you know, they left it all out on the pitch yeah. midweek. And, mm-hmm. you know, all you can hope for from a Man United, Man City perspective is that you come out on the better side of it, yeah, which they yeah. did. And, it, and I've said this, that if Man City get through Tottenham and United with six points, in my humble opinion, I believe the title race is, obviously you can never say it's completely done, but I think they've got, one and a half hands on the trophy. Said, yeah. I've always said it sounds a bit a bit sketchy, but I've always said that I feel that the Burnley game away from home is a more difficult game than the Tottenham game. I think your home games take care of themselves. Yeah, but, but Burnley, what, what, what say, have they got to play for? They're safe. Yeah, but I mean, Sean Dyche is an honest man. He's always going to play with mm-hmm. heart. He wants mm-hmm. his team to yeah, fight of to course, the but end. I, and I've seen mm-hmm. them being a dangerous opposition for Manchester City. They're not going to give you any joy on the ball. Mm. They're going to press you. They're going to kick it long and they're going to make the game a nasty football match. I think we're at the point of the season where when you look at the teams, the teams that need something more, more often than not, will win. Mm. Man City need to win to win the title and I believe they'll do so. Burnley have done all their hard jobs. So they're safe. They know they're going to have another campaign in the Premier League. But as I said previously that Whoever loses this title race, I mean, it's not for it's not a bottle job. I mean, mm. both teams are just doing everything yeah, that's being asked of them. Yeah. Everyone keeps waiting for who's going to blink first. Mm. And so far, none of them are blinking. Yeah. So what can you do? It's like a stalemate. Over to you, over to you, over yeah. to you. You're just ticking all the boxes. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So, well, again, it's going to be intriguing to see this midweek game because City... They did look nervous, but that was yeah. to be expected after going out of the Champions League. Mm. The remit to Pep Guardiola at the beginning of the season was deliver us the Champions League. 
And again, it continues to elude them. I think it's more deliver us the Premier League. No, I think it's Champions League. From all the soundbites that are emanating from his camp is saying, we want the Premier League, we want the Premier League. Of course he's going to say that it takes pressure off them. Of course he's going to say that. What I would say is that for three weeks now, I've said that the old traffic game is the ultimate acid test. Mm. And one thing that, you know, maybe swings the pendulum in Man United's factor is that De Bruyne had a nasty injury yet again, mm. and he's been pivotal in the in the last few weeks. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting Tottenham, to see yeah. how they replace him in that game, because he arguably put in one of the best performances I've seen from a midfielder against Tottenham, mm-hmm. and someone like that doesn't deserve to lose that kind of game. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how it emanates. Mm. Definitely. Cool. All right, man. I, I want to move on to an, an, another team who's uh, starting to build up a bit of momentum. Um, so off the back of a, a 2-0 win against Everton last week, <laughs> Fulham then beat um, uh, Bournemouth away from home yesterday 1-0. Where, 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 do, I start, where do I start with Bournemouth? <laughs> last week, they go down to the Amex, win 5-0, put on a clinic. This week, they lose to the second worst team in the Premier League. Yeah. You just can't write this stuff. And Eddie Howe must be pulling his hair out. Yeah. I mean... He must have thought he got a tune out of the players last week. This mm. week, they lose. And as I said, Fulham, they've got all the makings of a great team. But for one reason or another, whether it's the recruitment, the mm. managers or the players, it hasn't worked out this season. But they've actually got a good side that can win games. And I just think it's good for Scotty Parker. He's starting to build a bit of momentum. He's thrown his hat, he's thrown his hat into the ring you know, to claim this Fulham job. And these last two results, you know, beating Everton, beating Bournemouth, this is probably going to go a long way in probably getting him the job full-time. Mm. So it's going to be interesting. But again, Bournemouth, like, they're just up and down, up yeah. and down, win one week, lose the next, win. There's no real consistency. And that's mm. why they're not challenging those top seven, top eight positions. That's why they're 12th, 13th, 11th. Mm. And Eddie Howe needs to get cuter tactically because I still think he's just an attacking manager you attack mm. we attack yeah. I love the beautiful game if we lose no problem blah 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 yeah, but he needs yeah. to implement the darker arts or the yeah, defensive arts and he's, he's still, still a bit think, naive as I, as I said on this podcast many times I still think Eddie Howe is tactically inept mm-hmm. in terms of adapting to opposition he's thinking every game is the same I'm going to play my way I'm going to open up and play attacking football but sometimes you need to read the game and have better game management mm. to, to to get a result. Sometimes it might not be pretty. Sometimes it has to be ugly to get mm. a result. Mm. You don't have the resources of a top team. So sometimes you need to, you know, dumb yourself down and mm. just go out there and mm. get a result. And when I look at um, Bournemouth, I don't think ugly. I think beautiful to play against. Anytime yeah. my team plays against them, it's I just like think it's going to be a lovely field. game. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, not yeah. going to be, they're not going to run the clock down. They're not going to, you know, put in nasty challenges. Mm. It's going to be a clean football match. <laughs> and and we've got like better that, players than them. So, so invariably, we're going to win. Yeah, Every yeah. time we're playing Bournemouth, I'm like, Dej, man, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> this yeah. is a field day. Basically, yeah. me and Dej, I'll be like, Dej, pick a score. <laughs> yeah. Dej will be like, three. I'll be like, no, nah, Dej, four. <laughs> isn't it? It's a joke. Fair play, fair play. And, 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 you know, um, uh, uh, this next team is, is one that still seems to be affected by the scar tissue of, of <laughs> the past few weeks. Um, you know, so uh, Wolves' um, woes and misfortune continue. So they only managed to, to get a draw yesterday at home to, to Brighton. Mm. Um, I think we mentioned in, uh, last week's uh, episode that 
um, you know, Brighton really, really needed to 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 mm. uh, off the back of their their most recent result. They needed to really. Yeah, I think really they've get, lost four in a row. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bear, so they bearing in mind, they got they got pammed by by Cardiff, which was a, which was a shocking result. Tottenham next as well. I what I would say about Wolves is that I think they've hit a brick wall. They've they've run into a stumbling block. I mean. Fair play to them. They've had a great season and they've really, in my opinion, overachieved mm. to come up from the championship and finish, you know, potentially in the top eight. I think that's an amazing achievement. And I think we shouldn't besmirch them. M- maybe it may end up, you know, them losing games or not winning another game for the rest of the season. But mm. this Wolves team shouldn't be besmirched because what's happened there has been an amazing, yeah. amazing mm. story of the season. Yeah. And I see them getting stronger next season. I know um, Nuno's overseeing, you know, a great season. Mm-hmm. But I think that defeat that they suffered at the hands of Watford was season-ending and yeah. something that, you know, takes weeks and months to get over. Mm. I mean, because they were such in a supreme position to get themselves into a FA Cup final and we all know what happened next. So, mm. right now, it's just about ticking over, get your point. I mean, at home against Brighton, earlier on in the season, you would have called it a banker. Mm. But under the conditions which they find themselves in, you know, coming off a defeat against Southampton, losing that um, semi-final of the FA Cup, you know, it's a decent point yeah, for them. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think this result is an accident because Wolves they struggle against this kind of team, mm-hmm. and this is a season, this is a kind of result that has been a story of their season. Mm. When it comes to teams below them and also in the relegation zone, Wolves tend to struggle, and as I said two weeks ago. This is key, a key for Nuno to put right next season mm-hmm. if he wants his team to progress. Because let's be honest, as much as I love him, it's not good enough. Mm. Definitely, I would agree with that. And they look, you know, dead certs to finish maybe 7th or 8th. Now yeah. they're, you know, lumbering around those ninth, 10th positions. Yeah. So, you know, Liverpool have them, I think, last game of the season. And I think that's a nice game for Liverpool because I think Wolves... You know, I think they're on their summer holidays now. They've given it all. They've poured all their heart and effort into seven, eight, eight months of the season. And now they're just ready to go on, on holiday. To, to be fair to them, they were really unlucky yesterday. Mm. I mean, I saw Jota running bright and ragged. I think he hit the crossbar. They were really unlucky. They should have got the three points. But sometimes it's, it's one of those days where you just don't have the quality to penetrate the opposition. Yeah. And just lastly on that, um, big result for Brighton as well. Yeah, you know they've been they they've lost their last four games in yeah. a row. So Chris Hutton, that's a crucial point to keep them ticking, mm. and you know on point more than what Cardiff had because obviously Cardiff lost today. So and um, Brighton still have a game in hand. Mm-hmm. So you know it's all about you know just getting keeping things ticking because mm. I still don't believe Cardiff will win enough games to see them safe. But yeah, yeah at least he stopped the rot, and that's what he done today. Just just actually on the the last two fixtures that we spoke about, I just had two really quick questions. So first and foremost, um, Wolves and Brighton. But more, this is more to, to, to do with Wolves. Um, Ruben Neves, mm. 22-year-old centre midfield player, um, had a blinding season, but already he's uh, caught in interest from a number of teams in the Premier League. That's no surprise. He's mm. been caught in interest for, for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys believe he remains at um, Wolves next season? I, I think he does. I don't think anyone has the money to get him out of Wolves. I think they're going to demand crazy figures and no one's going to be prepared to, mm. to spend that sort of money on Ruben Neves. Mm. 
because at the end of the day as i've been saying today for a few weeks now is that these premier league clubs they don't need to sell mm. so it's becoming so tough to get players out of their teams because if you want ruben Neves, you make inquiry they're going to say okay give us 100 million and no one's going to be Do you prepared think to say pay that me. i think it's more Why not? In, i think it's more in the neighborhood of maybe 60 70 million they don't need the money mm. but and mm. people forget that money can't play on the football pitch mm. yeah i believe that um yeah ruben Neves will stay yeah. I think that he's settled there. I mean, they've got a large Portuguese contingent. Mm. It's a happy camp there. And I, I don't think he'll up sticks and move to another team unless they put in a ridiculous offer. And I can't really see any teams in the Premier League mm. putting that money on the table for Ruben Neves right now. Yeah, I do I, believe he'll get his big move in the future, but not this summer. I, I would have liked to. I think he's an amazing player. And I Liverpool have been linked to him as well. I don't. I don't think Liverpool. I, think I don't sold. think it's a necessity for yeah. Liverpool. I yeah. think Man United should be looking at him, and if they're gonna ship Paul Pogba, he will be the ideal replacement to mm. play in that pivot role, and then you get two attacking midfielders next to him. Yeah. If Man United want to do a refurbishment in their in their midfield, fair play. And then obviously we were speaking just before that about um, uh, Fulham's win against Bournemouth. So now that we know that Fulham are going down, how many of those players do you believe still will be at that club next season? So look, players like Scherler, players like Babel, you know what they should do, Butch. Seri, they should release them all. They're a disgrace. I believe. Yeah, I believe there's going to be a lorry load of players leaving. Mm. Think Mitrovic will probably leave. He deserves a prem team, mm. as you said. Shirley is going to leave. I know mm. Ryan Babbel's contracted to the end of the season, so he's going to leave. He's not going to want to stay around in the championship. Mm. Um, Ingisa will probably leave. Mm. Seri will leave. Yeah, there's so many players there that are going to leave. Exodus. Yeah, yeah. Max Exodus. Uh, yeah, Max Exodus, and I think they what their remit now is get players that know the championship. You know, then rebuild again. Keep the likes of you know Ryan Sessignon, mm. Tom Kearney. These are guys that know the championship in and out. You know, they play the Tuesday to Saturday grind, so they know, you know, how it's like. So I think that's their job. Keep Scotty Parker. He's a young manager, fresh ideas, and rebuild because mm. Fulham, you know, it's a top club, London club, got a great catchment area. So I think if they get things right, they can come back straight at the yeah. first attempt back mm. into the Premier League. And to be honest, I like Fulham. I like them as a club. Mm. You know, the whole traditions, Craven Cottage, one of the, you know, oldest Premier League yeah. grounds and I, I like mean, the, the traditions. Yeah, 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 yeah I like that. So, yeah. English grounds yeah. are similar to Selhurst Park. In, yeah. In yeah. It's, cla- it's claustrophobic and yeah. yeah, you really get the atmosphere. Fair play, man. So let's round up Saturday's results with these last two fixtures. Uh, we'll start with Newcastle's 3-1 win at home to Southampton. Yeah, Rafa Benitez, what a what an amazing manager. Yeah. Just I hope he can stay at Newcastle and they give him the backing that he needs to to implement his job to the best of his ability. But I mean, how can people doubt Rafa Benitez? Mm. Time after time, he does it again and he and he keeps Newcastle up when they when they're in a mess. Mm. The way the club is run is a mess, and he continues to prevail in this adversity. And I mean. Mike Ashley, I know you're trying to sell the club, but you should be tying Rafa Benitez down to a six-year contract. Mm. You can't keep expecting Rafa Benitez to keep producing magic tricks and, you know, get the most out of, like, a depleted squad. Mm. Give Rafa the tools, then he'll deliver. 
I know last week um, Dot didn't want to address the elephant in the room when, you know, Newcastle went away and beat Leicester. <laughs> he didn't want to discuss Brendan Rodgers. He weren't discussing him. Like, Dot came clean to me after the episode. Oh, I got nice. You didn't discuss Rodgers. So we're going to have to discuss it now. I was like, hey, Brendan got cleansed. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to discuss it now. So... Yeah, I mean, that's six points from six points. I yeah. mean, it's impressive. Um, you know, Southampton are a resurgent team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to beat them at home, you know, they fit into that profile mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, party poopers that yeah. can come to your away ground and, you know, pull up a performance. So mm-hmm. what Newcastle or what Rafa's done has been nothing short of, you know, miraculous. And mm-hmm. he came out to, you know, the, the Sky team and said that I need my tools. I need all these other Prem teams are spending money Mm. I need to be able to spend money, you know, just just surviving relegation isn't enough for me. Mm. I want to be challenging seventh, eighth, ninth. The fans deserve it. I mean, the Geordies, you know, they're a vociferous bunch. They support their team and they deserve a team befitting of their passion and mm. just, you know, surviving or escaping relegation with five games to go. That doesn't cut the mustard for a manager of, you know, um, Rafa's calibre and he, he deserves much more. What's, what's interesting is that that game was a real Jekyll and Hyde performance from Southampton. I mm. mean, in the first half, it was a tepid, watered-down performance from what I've seen from Ralph and Huttle's team. Um, Newcastle started off fast. They took the lead, um, got a 2-0 lead. Ayozi Perez, I think, will be doing them a disservice if you don't mention his yeah. recent form. Yeah. 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 Um, then the second half started and you saw Southampton come out with a, with a brand-new mentality. They were like, hold on, we're 2-0 down, but I feel like there's something in this game for us. Mm. And they came out fighting. We had um, Danny Ings was dropping deep, pulling the strings. Nathan Redman was caught, was mm. a fawn in, in Newcastle's armour throughout the game. And yeah, they made it 2-1. And then the game got interesting because Yoshida had a few chances. Honestly, when I say it, he could have had a hat-trick yesterday. Mm. But he was yeah. missing every single shot from a corner. But going back to Newcastle, that this team, every time... Mid-season, we're saying, oh, they're, they're under pressure. They're, they're struggling. They may get relegated. But when it comes to the to the business under the season, you see them end up in mid-table. And I can't give Rafa Benitez as much, you know, credit. as He just deserves too much credit. I and can't. accolades. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, man. So let's round things up with um, the West Ham and Leicester game. Uh, 2-2 draw. What, what, what are our thoughts on, on that one? Yeah, that was um, a good game. You know, Desmond 2-2. I mean, um, you know, West Ham. That's a game they should have won. I mean, they went... Do you think? To, yeah, yeah. When West- I saw that game, man, I think it had draw written all over you it. You think so? Yeah, man. I think that those are two teams that are equally matched. Mm. Um, Beautifully poised game. Two teams that want to attack, play full throttle, aggressive mm. attacking football. And mm. it was a really good game. Um, you know, it was just about we attack you attack who's the better team and it was just it was a deadlock yeah West Ham have seemed to you know hit the buffers recently losing Mm. to Chelsea losing at home to Everton so I mean the season's going you know they pretty much signed up yeah I think think the thing is with West Ham I think they haven't really been able to recover from the Anatovic saga that happened in January I think he's he's gone on his holidays he's thinking where's my next move and for Pellegrini, I think Pellegrini shouldn't be playing on Artovich. His head is not there. Mm. He's on a goal drought. 
he's he's your main man and surely Stan Collimore was saying it for a few months that he's their biggest problem mm. and they need to get rid of him and now I'm starting to see why he was so adamant that this is the case mm. when Pellegrini came into the club the owners backed him with huge investment you know West Ham fans are thinking you know we might you know be outside chances for Europe and the last few weeks we've not seen that they've had some poor results and you know the season's going out with a damp squib mm. in my opinion so I think they'll finish probably 10th 11th with the recruitment they got you know signing all these Nasri's other mm. players as well you would have thought you know Anderson as well you know yeah, um, but they, they, have, they have they have really in the market and really yeah but I remember know. they had a pretty woeful start to the season and people are yeah, saying oh, West Ham going to get relegated so to be fair mid-table finishes it's pretty acceptable mm. from from the yeah, they did have a they tough run after the first five yeah. games yeah they did have a tough run to start mm. with but yeah you know West Ham they're going to be safe and we see what well, we look forward to seeing what they do next season Cool. I, I also wanted us to move on now and, and preview um, the Chelsea Burnley game uh, tomorrow. So, with the results that have, you know, happened with the teams in and around that, you know, Chelsea team, uh, Arsenal losing, Spurs losing. Um, what does what does a win um, mm. at home to Burnley tomorrow do for for Chelsea? I mean, phew, a win is everything for them. I mean. <laughs> Just to touch on their midweek game, I mean, they reined in the spirit of Spurs and Manchester City, mm. you know, with that four-three and frawling game. But um, back to the Premier League, I think that's a game they will win, mm-hmm. and that puts them firmly in the hunt. I mean, we've mm. seen some weird results, you know, Everton beating United four-nil, mm. Palace going, you know, across London and turning over Arsenal. So this leaves them in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Before, I didn't think they had a chance. I mean, we kept talking about Sarri Ball being punctured and how many chances are they going to get. But mm. win against Burnley, then you're still in the hunt. Okay. I know you still need to go to Old Trafford, which is probably going to be a tough game. But the way United are playing, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if Sarri can somewhat, mm. if Sarri can salvage the season by finishing fourth and winning a Europa League, all of a sudden it becomes a decent season. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's exactly. funny the way football works out. It's, mm. it's all about moments and timings and yeah. football's a funny and strange game. I think that game is a, is a really dangerous game for Chelsea. I think it's not going to be easy. People are going to expect them to, to blow um, Burnley out of the water. But I see the opposite. I think Burnley are going to be very robust in their approach. And I think, me potentially, I think they might get a draw tomorrow. You think so, but yeah, I yeah. believe I know where the you're coming about from. Deitch's guys, they're gonna always give a hundred percent. They're full of heart. They're so aggressive running. in yeah, their pressing, yeah. and and to be honest, they're they're pretty lethal on the counter attack. They're taking mm. their chances. I mean, Barnes and Woods, what a partnership! Yeah. People don't talk about them much, but they get the job done. Uh. May not be nice on the eye. They might be. They may be lacking flair, but these guys give them a chance and they will bury it. I know what you're talking about. Like maybe Burnley are going to sit in their low block, mm. but they haven't got the explosiveness on the counter attack. Like let's say a Palace. Yeah, but I that, know they've got the young like, Dwight McNeil. McNeil. Yeah, yeah Dwight McNeil. McNeil. He looks, he looks yeah, very he, bright. He he's looks. a good player, but I think Chelsea will have the quality, and especially they're going to 
be energized by today's events and yeah. I think they're gonna think, they're yeah. not gonna leave anything to chance and mm. I think they're gonna put Burnley to the sword. I think it depends if you know Th- that man, the the superstar of Chelsea turns up, Eden yeah. Hazard. Yeah. yeah. He's just been nominated for one of the, you know, candidates to win the PFA player yeah. of the year. And I think if he turns it on, he's gonna be the difference maker. He's gonna be the X factor. Yeah, like what he done but against I see, West Ham. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it will be a tough game for Chelsea. Fair play. Alright. Um now Obviously, now we've sort of uh, previewed Chelsea, Burnley. We've we've, we've sort of wrapped up and and, and summed up the weekend's fixtures. Um, I wanted us to move on now to um, to Europe. Now, obviously, um, you know we've we've we're, 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 we've not yet seen um, you know any of the any of the, the semi finals just yet. So that's why I wanted to get your thoughts on. But I want to get your thoughts. I want yeah. to get your thoughts. Yeah, okay, who do you cool, think's winning see. the Champions League? All this Ooh. sitting on the fence that you're doing, I'm, I'm calling you is, out. Who is gonna win the Champions League? Um, I'm gonna say Barca. Of course, mm. you're gonna say Barca. I'm gonna boys. say Barca. <laughs> I think Barca is the safest option to go with. So, which one about Tottenham? Please, not in my lifetime. I don't want to. I don't. My eyes can't see it. I can't see Spurs lifting that. <laughs> But yeah, so now obviously, it, we, yeah, like I said, not none of the semi-finals have been played just yet. So it'll be interesting to see what everyone's thoughts are on who goes through in each of the ties now. Um, you know, before any of the legs have been played, and, and see you know mm-hmm. how it actually transpires. So let's start off with the with the Champions League, and let's go Spurs or Ajax. That game is a who. It's, it's literally, I would say, 55-45% in Spurs' favour. Mm. But Ajax, they've, you know, ripped up the, you know, the rule book this yeah, season with really, what they've done, honestly, you know. Think, not losing at home to, you know, uh, Real Madrid and Juventus and going away and putting on dominant performances. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I thought it was going to be a routine win for Juventus. There was one person yeah. I knew that went for Ajax, Marv. Yeah, a good yeah. friend of this show. Shout he was, yeah, he on that, on yeah, that shout him out. That was, yeah, he was. It convinced. was a bold prediction, yeah, man. He's yeah, yeah. gonna be feeling smug. Yeah, yeah he's gonna yeah. be feeling smug. <laughs> but he got that right. He said that this Ajax team, there's something about them. Like I believe they're gonna beat Juventus, and that yeah. came to pass. I think I saw a stat like mm. their starting eleven cost like was it seventy one million mm. or something like that. That's unreal, mm. man. Like. Mm. You know, so many players that come up through the academy, yeah. players that were you know left on, I mean, in the cold at their clubs yeah. that they've brought in. Yeah, you know, thing looks. Mm-hmm. What's, what's what we were talking about him last week? Um, Tadic. Tadic, Tadic mm. looks a completely different player mm. now. You know, mm. but I mean, the league, he's nineteen. Should yeah. be banned for playing like that. He's been playing like he's been playing like a season pro. Um, you know, to score against Juventus and to lead them into yeah. the semi-finals. I mean, the manager, the Tahag, has done a terrific, terrific job yeah. with what he's doing. And you know, you know, big clubs across Europe must be you know scouting him and looking at him because mm. the football system that he's implemented. This has gone back to the old ages when yeah. I was a kid, like total football. The young and they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're playing with a total freedom. I see the players miss chances, they're smiling, they're laughing, they're enjoying what they're doing. Mm. I mean, it's a, it's a joy to watch. And, but and this, sorry, they, they, this makes you beg the question that what were Manchester United thinking? Why are you in a rush to give Oli the job? You've got this brilliant manager at Ajax mm. playing total football, mm. getting to the Champions League semi-finals. Mm. Surely he's he should be on that shortlist. Mm. Mm. But to be honest, um, 
both semi-finals I like them because they've got so many subplots we've got mm. Christian Eriksen we've got Jan Vertonghen we've got yeah. Toby Alderud going back to their old stomping grounds yeah, yeah, so they're yeah. gonna you know know the workings know the systems and it's gonna be interesting to see as I said I think it's 55-45 in yeah, Tottenham's favour yeah. but this is foreign territory for both clubs. Mm. So it's going to, you know, it's interesting because Ajax two years ago, they were in a Europa League final, lost to Man United. And if you compare both of their fortunes since, Man United have been glossy. Mm. They've spent, they've opened the cash book, signed plenty of players. Ajax have done it a totally different way, mm-hmm. whereas they've got better results. So it's yeah, funny yeah. about how, if you manage resources correctly, do the right things in terms of recruitment, you get a better product. And they're flying high in the semi-final of the Champions League Mm -hmm. against all odds with a great shot at getting towards the final. Because everyone thought, oh, Man City, Juve, that's a tight one, who's going to win? And that's been totally ripped up. So it's going to be interesting. I think one thing Tottenham won't be guilty of is underestimating this Ajax team. Mm. Um, I think no disrespect to, to Juventus and Real Madrid. I think that's what they did mm. initially. They might not mm. say it or, you know, believe mm. it. It's but only I think Ajax. It, yeah. 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 yeah, mentally yeah. You, you feel that, yeah, it's only Ajax. But mm. I feel Tottenham will pay them their, their full respects, but I honestly see Ajax beating them over two legs. You think so? Yeah, I do. I, I mm. see it. It was yeah. interesting because Jose Mourinho came out and said, oh, the thing this is, Ajax it, it, team, just mm. be aggressive with them. Yeah, but to be honest, it's a different... But I think oh, yeah, if, Tottenham, player, if Tottenham play you attack, we attack. I see Ajax picking them off. I do. Yeah. Another player I forgot to mention was Davidson Sanchez as well. He's a mm. former Ajax player, so he's going to be going back to his old yeah. ground as well. But it's going to be a good game, I believe. You know, the stakes are high. Mm. Who's going to hold their nerve? Who's going to hold it's their bottle? Bottle's yeah. been a word that hasn't been associated with Tottenham. Mm. People have accused them of lacking bottle. And... This no, is a people game. People call them bottlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People say, yeah, they're bottle yeah, jobs. Yeah, so, so it's going to be interesting. Um, as I said, I think it's 55 45% um, in Tottenham's favour. Okay, so, so Dej, I'm going to ask your question. Now your colours to the mask. Yeah. Who's going through? <sighs> it's, a, it's a tough one because in the league as well, Tottenham are still involved in a fight. They've got a thinning squad. So, but if I was to nail my colours... I think Son is missing from the first leg, so take that into consideration before you make your verdict. Who's at home first, sorry? I think Ajax may be at home first, Um, to to my knowledge. I'm not entirely sure. To be fair, if I was going to nail my colours to the mast, I would say Tottenham are going to go through. Mm. So you feel that Tottenham are going to be playing in the Champions League final? Yeah, I just think the intensity of the Premier League teams and I just think, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be tough for Ajax, mm. but it's going to be a closely contested affair. But yeah, I think Tottenham will be in the in the final of the Champions League. Fair play. Um, and the other semi-final is obviously Liverpool Ooh, and Barca. This is the glamour tie. This is the tie where you think whoever wins this will be hoisting up yeah. that Champions League yeah. trophy yeah. in the yeah. Wanda Metropolitano Stadium in yeah. Madrid. I mean, these are two of Europe's elite. Again, another story, Suarez and Coutinho going back to their old stomping mm. ground. It's going to be interesting because Barcelona have the League One, so you would say they'll be in a position to rest players, but also Liverpool playing Huddersfield. 
So I'm sure Klopp can get away with resting one or two plays there. And yeah. we've also seen with teams that have already won their leagues virtually, Juventus, yeah, PSG, exactly. that this doesn't about, always, yeah. you know, work in their advantage. Mm-hmm. So, whew, I would say Liverpool are favourites, but I mean, when you've got arguably the best player in the world in your ranks, anything arguably. can happen. Really? Yeah, Ronaldo, Ronaldo's got a shout for sure. Ronaldo's got a shout. On, he's he's in the equation. Of course, Ronaldo, so he's not in the equation. No. <laughs> oh, come on. You know he is. You know he is. But what I was going to say, on. yeah, it's going to be interesting. People say Van Dyke's the best defender in the world. Yeah. I wanna, <laughs> and Messi's the best attacker in the world. Yeah. I want to yeah. see how this is going to mesh up and who's going to come out on top. What I will say, Barcelona have that massive new camp pitch. Yeah. I think Sadio Mane and Mo Salah are going to love running on it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Barcelona, they're not at their most expansive best. Mm-hmm. But you've got to give them credit. They dispatched of a Man United side, which couldn't even score a goal against mm. them. They've already said in the press that it's going to be a different task against Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. This is a Liverpool side that haven't lost a European tie over two legs since Jurgen Klopp got appointed. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be a tough one. It could go either way, but it depends the result that Liverpool leave the new Camp with. If they're drawing, winning, or just have a one-goal deficit, I think a one-off game at Anfield, we all know what it's like. Yeah. I, I would back them to yeah. make the final. I think this is like a it's like a dream for, for Barcelona and they're praying that it's not real. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think this this Liverpool team is their kryptonite. Mm. Um I feel I think they're not gonna be able to, to compete with Liverpool's pace and power. Mm. I think Liverpool will play in a medium block. They'll say, you know what, have the ball. We don't mind keeping you keeping the ball. But what we're gonna do when we get the ball, we're gonna break and we're gonna spring on you. And I don't see that Barcelona defence holding up. Mm. And we saw these cracks rear their ugly head against Man United. Mm. But Man on, United, yeah. yeah, lack the killer instinct. Yeah. And Liverpool are a much Definitely. better team than this Man, this Man United team. So if you give them a chance to counter-attack you, they're going to wreak some serious damage. Mm. And yeah, just to compare it to like a boxing analogy, mm. it reminds me of like, you know, when AJ fought Klitschko. Yeah. I mean, Barcelona just like a shade past there. But yeah, Messi's still yeah. a top, top player, but he's physically declining. Mm-hmm. Suarez on a bit of a come down. Yeah. Then you've he's got knee, the young. He's, he's got knee issues. Yeah. Suarez. yeah. He can't, yeah. can't really run anymore. Then you've got the young upstart. Liverpool player, Salah yeah, in his prime, yeah. Mane in his prime, Van Dijk in his prime. So I think it just might be the case of perfect timing. Yeah. But we're going to yeah. see that. And obviously, Coutinho coming back, lovely story. Mm. How's he going to fare at Anfield? And, you know, it's it's a lovely, it's two lovely ties in their own way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just yeah. believe that the winner of this tie will be winning the Champions League. Yeah, and, I feel, yeah. I think I feel what, tip, what tips it in Liverpool's favour is that they have that second leg at Anfield. And yes. I think if it was the other way around, I would have made Barcelona the favourites to actually win this tie and win the Champions League. But mm-hmm. I think with Liverpool taking them back to Anfield in the second game. I don't think Barcelona are going to be able to cope with the raucous atmosphere that the Liverpool faithful are going to create on that day. Mm. Fair play. So, so moving on now to uh, to the Europa League, we've obviously got a few uh, semi-finals there and, and English teams include, uh, involved in those. So I want to start with uh, Valencia and Arsenal. Mm. Who do you guys feel confident is good. I mean, it's a reunion for Unai Emre going back to one of his old clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Unai Emre is the Europa League specialist. Yeah, This is a competition where he earns his corn, where he takes pride in winning the competition. And 
Valencia, they've not really cut the mustard mm. in the, you know, in the um, Spanish league. And um, I think, yeah, I would make Arsenal overwhelming favourites. Mm-hmm. I think the Spanish clubs are on a bit of a decline. We've seen their influence in Europe wane of late. Mm-hmm. England seem to be, you know, having that stranglehold yeah. with four of the eight combined Champions League and Europa mm-hmm. League teams English. So that kind of shows that they're starting to assert their supremacy. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to get what we all think we're going to get, which is an Arsenal-Chelsea final mm. in, in no uncertain mm. terms. So wouldn't, wouldn't, we, wouldn't it be amazing if we get all four English clubs in the Europa oh. League final and also in the Champions mm. League final? I think that would be a massive statement to the rest of the world and saying, mm. you know what, this is an era of domination yeah. and you guys are not going to catch up. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that still. Yeah. That would be interesting to see, yeah. Because we used to see it in Spain where I remember yeah. Atletico Madrid will play like a Real Madrid in the Super yeah, Cup yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So how lovely would it be to see, you know, a Liverpool play Arsenal, a Liverpool yeah, play yeah, Chelsea, yeah. speaking from a biased point of view, obviously. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah. Okay, Europa. so then if I had to just pose the question to you, because I'm sure that, I'm sure the listeners will want to know who's your Europa League winner and who's your Champions League winner before we just round up this conversation I'm gonna go my Europa League winner I'm gonna go with Arsenal firstly because I think they've got the firepower up front to kill games and also because Emery this is his competition what strikes it yeah this Mm. is his remit what and also that you know question always lurks over Sarri hasn't won anything but also to put things in Chelsea's favour they've got a team that's been built on winning things. You've got your mm. Hazard, your Williams. They've played in the bigger, what I would call pressure games. Mm. But I would just slightly go towards Arsenal to win the Europa League. From a Champions League perspective, um, whoever wins that tie out of Liverpool and Barcelona is poised, in my opinion, is maybe 51-49 to Liverpool. Mm. I might be speaking from a biased point of view, but mm. I just think that even our Spanish correspondent says that, you know, Liverpool are basically Barcelona's worst nightmare. Mm. And, you know, this stage of the season, I I would say that um, Liverpool are finally poised. I mean, another question or another thing to say, what mental strength Liverpool have to Mm. go through the heartbreak of Kiev, you know, Mm. to come back again, roll up your sleeves, roll up your socks and get to a semi-final again. I mean, Mm -hmm. this shows that Liverpool are legitimately one of the top three, four teams in the world right now mm-hmm. they're showing it what's, so what's startling about this budget is that people just have this expectancy of liverpool to be there no yeah, we're surprised fans let's go on shocks. it's just a routine liverpool yeah. in the semi-final i think that's a testament to the job jürgen klopp mm-hmm. and the staff over there i yeah. mean when i say the staff i mean michael edwards and the whole recruitment team they've done a terrific job to bring liverpool at the top table of european football yet mm-hmm. again yeah Fair play, fair play. Um, so with, with with that being said, um, I just want to use this as an opportunity to uh, um, to say a massive thanks to everyone who took part in a, a poll that we put out recently. Mm. I think we had over seven hundred votes in that yes. in, in yes, that poll between on, on 600 Twitter. Seven hundred. That was yeah, a so massive, that was, that was a massive a, a engagement. Really, yeah, yeah, really, really good, good engagement. So a massive thank you for everyone who took part in that. Um, again, another opportunity for us to remind everybody about our Twitter handle. Uh, it's at podcast underscore TBG. Please help us to continue to grow our platform, our channel, our follower base. Uh, 
Um, I think we're just over 200 at the moment. I think we're near it with 221 or something yeah, like that, yeah. I think, at the moment. Yeah, man. So, so, so you know, our next, our next, yeah, man, uh, our, our next sort of benchmark is is, is the 300. Yeah, is what we're going just... for. So, so please help us to continue to do so. Um, we're going to continue putting out polls and, uh, and and that kind of thing. So continue to engage with us and and retweet and share them so your your friends and, 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 and other people that follow you can take part in the polls as well. Um, the, the poll that we actually put out was regarding the uh, PFA Player of the Year. And, you know, if we, we, we included a few candidates that we felt were, were, were going to be up for it. Of course, now the, the lists have been released. So in, in terms of the, the, the PFA Player of the Year, we have, um, I think, is it three players from uh, City and two from Liverpool and then one from Chelsea. So we've got Sterling, we've got Aguero, we've got Bernardo Silva, we've got Virgil van Dijk, we've got Mane and we've got Hazard. In your opinion, guys, who do you guys feel is most likely to take PFA Player of the Year this season? I think this is like a battle of you know the the two best pound for pound boxers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think um, it, it's between Sterling and Van Dyke, but for me personally, I'm gonna go with Virgil Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. I think at the start of the season, many pundits and many journalists said it's impossible to bridge this 25 point gap between the two clubs. And I think the immediate impact of Virgil van Dijk on this Liverpool team has transformed the whole team yeah. from a level of being very good to now an elite club in the world. And I mean, I've never seen a defender not break a sweat. Mm. And when I watch Virgil van Dijk, it's almost like it's too easy for him. Mm-hmm. Liverpool have conceded the least goals in Europe. They've kept the most clean sheets in the Premier League. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. And and when I watch Van Dijk, I, I feel that there's another level he can go to. Mm-hmm. And and the scariest thing for me is that for him to be nominated for the PFA Player of the Year shows how good he has yeah, been. Yeah. Because centre-backs don't often get mm-hmm. selected for, for, for nomination to win this award. So I just feel that as much as I love Raheem Sterling, I think he's been a brilliant player. I don't think he's outperformed you know, drastically the the elite attackers in the league. Yeah. And when I say elite attackers, I mean, you know, the Sadio Mane's of this world, mm-hmm. the Sons, the Mo Salas, they're all statistically similar. But I think what Virgil van Dijk has done at Liverpool is taking the game to a whole nother level. And I don't think we'll see a defender like this in the mm. next five to ten years in the Premier League. Points taken, but if I was to give my PFA Player of the Year, I would say it's um, Raheem Sterling. Mm-hmm. You made the point about Sterling not outperforming other attackers. I think personally, that's due to a decline in the defenses in European football. I think great defenders are dying breed, mm-hmm. and I think I that's think why we're seeing more goals. But if I was to just say why I pick Raheem Sterling as well, I mean, this is a guy under I think Manuel Pellegrini. I remember the last season he was performing badly in and out of the side. Mm-hmm up steps or up comes Pep Guardiola everyone was immediately saying Raheem Sterling he's going to be a full guy Pep's not going to like him he's finished he's done out here Mm -hmm. stuff like that and I mean to be you know arguably the first or second name on the team sheet ahead Mm. of players like Bernardo Silva Sane 
Mm. All the other attackers, I mean, that's big testament to him. Yeah. I mean, this is a boy that keeps improving, keeps bettering his statistics, wants to learn. And, you know, there's so many stuff I can say on the pitch, mm-hmm. off the pitch. This is a guy that constantly gets beaten up by the media. You know, of late it's improved, obviously, mm. when he stood up to the racism. But he's become a real, you know, pillar and, you know, for the, you know, ethnic community. Yeah. You know, coming out and speaking and say, yeah, racism is not okay. And I would like the PFA to, you know, maybe take the unprecedented step and say, you know what? We're going to wait to see who wins the Premier League. Let's make it high stakes. Whoever wins the Premier League. I don't think they should you know, breach their rules on on how they're, you know, no, I think it's been... this award, but I think what, what needs to happen is that there needs to be a truce between the two. I think Van Dyke, you being the best player in the Premier League, you win the PFA player of the year. Mm. But I think what Raheem Sterling should win is the Football Writers player of the year. So that goes beyond the pitch, basically yes, that personality. And that's, and... that's the influence mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of the okay. pitch. Yeah. I mean, Raheem Sterling, he's been a pillar, as they said, to, to the BAME community. Yeah. And I feel with players like him in the game, this is only good for football. Mm-hmm. And he's been a brilliant role model and he's one of my heroes personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean you talk about all the Cyril Regis's, you know, the people that suffered in the past. I mean, Sterling is the modern day one and it just shows you the temperament of the guy. Mm-hmm. Lesser of a man would have crumbled mm-hmm. under the scrutiny and the pressure, but he keeps rising up. He mm-hmm. keeps... The more you criticise him, the more you knock him down, the better he becomes, the yeah. more efficient yeah. he becomes. So, I think it's... As Dot said, it's a bit of a toss-up. Van Dyke, I give him his credit. He's transformed our defence. No end. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Alison Becker's got a lot to do with that. Robertson's improved and stuff like that. And yeah, but he's got Fabinho sitting in front the, of him the now. The thing is, the thing is... People said it's impossible to bridge that 25-point gap. Mm. And to be honest, there's games where Van Dijk has single-handedly kept Liverpool in a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, to be part of a team fair, that's wait, only wait. lost one game away How at your you biggest know? rivals, yeah. as How a defender, to only have that on your roster, that <laughs> yeah, is super, yeah, super yeah. And, impressive. And for me, the, I was saying to Dej off air, the scary thing about Van Dijk is that He's made one mistake all season mm. and it's led to a goal. But but the crazy thing That's behind crazy. that... In it, itself, that yeah, sounds... It, and when I say yeah. one mistake, I'm not saying like in terms of, okay, one mistake that's led to a goal. I'm talking about one mistake throughout all of the games that he's played. Mm. And, and, and the difference is there's like a Laporte where, okay, he's made a couple of mistakes that have led to a goal. But over a course of a game and over a course of a season, he's probably made 15 mistakes. Mm-hmm. But it just hasn't led to dangerous, yeah. you know, predicaments. But with Van Dijk, he, he's flawless. Yeah, he's made like, a couple. I remember, I think... The, the City, penny, the I penny. don't think that's a mistake. Yeah, Sonny's a world-class player. He, he didn't to go to ground. He, he just corridor. He took him out. Mm. And the but Fulham is, is that really a mistake? Not for me. The only mistake that he's made, in my opinion, is the Fulham game. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, and to be honest, said, Allison should have done better. Yeah, as you said, he's virtually been flawless. I mean, it's a real toss up. I mean, people are saying Van Dyke's gonna get it. Is there any way they can share the awards? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that would be a lovely way to um, settle the proceedings. But yeah, both have credible arguments. Mm. But I just I wanna, be... yeah, I just want to mention a, a few players. I know 
Um, Mane's had a terrific season. Bernardo Silva, he's been mm. the glue in that mm. Manchester City team. Mm-hmm. He's stepped up in Kevin De Bruyne's ac- absence. I think he's been an amazing player. And he's the one that, you know, paints the po- perfect mosaic for that Man City team. I also feel that Son, he's been hard done by. Yeah. He's um had a Brilliant really season. challenging season. Mm. I mean, he had to go for international duty for his um international mm. team. Mm-hmm. He came back, delivered superb performances. Um, also, when Harry Kane was, was injured, absent. he stepped yeah. up to the plate. Yeah. So I mm. feel that he's one that should be, you know, pretty, mm. you know, upset to to not be one of the you contenders for the award. You know what's funny? You know what's going to actually happen? I can see a situation where Van Dijk wins the Player of the Year, then Sterling wins Young Player of the Year because, yeah. unfortunately, the PFA, you know, they this still have saying, this silly what are they rule. Thinking? You're going to have a twenty. Three, well, 24, 24 year, year old winning, winning the young, young player of the, of the year. year. What are you I mean, doing? you could change your rules. Surely it should be for players under the age of 21. Mm. And that's I mean, what this young player of the year just for me it's, it's a tokenism award. It doesn't, there's no granularity mm. behind it, there's no clarity. How can you be judging a 24 year old that's <laughs> yeah, played over young, 150 yeah. games <laughs> as a young player? Come on, yeah, it's um. The PFA need to really get their house in order and, yeah. you know, change the rules because you're starving the real young players, the David Brooks, the Declan Rice, the Trents, of yeah. the real deserved, you, you know. You know what's funny? Players. I saw the odds of the of the young player of the year. I think Ryan Sterling was 12 to 1 on. Okay. If you put 12 yeah. pounds, you win one pound. I mean, come on, that's yeah, laughable. That's he, shouldn't foregone... be quali- he shouldn't be qualifying for yeah, that. it's a foregone conclusion, but it shouldn't really be. So I think that's the way the PFA are going to, you know, settle the the closeness of the so, debate so the, the 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 candidates just to just to clarify the candidates for the young um player of the year are brooks bernardo silva declan rice marcus rashford trent alexander arnold and of course raheem sterling so oh, is that is that a resounding yeah i'm sure me and Ted are both in unison it's, it's raheem sterling yeah. he's an yeah. outstanding candidate yeah okay cool um, cool, man. So, just looking at the time, I think we only now have time for our, our favorite segment, <laughs> uh, prospect of the week. I just wanted to put it out there, listeners. We've um, please keep your eyes peeled on our, um, our, our our Twitter page because we've got some new artwork that's that's coming out. Mm. We've got some new artwork for you. So, um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna put out um, you know a, a tweet with the new artwork, and if you just respond to or reply to that tweet. Um, letting us know who your prospect of the week is and use the hashtag um, prospect of the week and uh, P-O-W. T- so is no. it going to be hashtag POW or prospect of the week? Oh, yeah, in yeah, fact, and, yeah. And hashtag TBG so, so, so these are the hashtags that you need to use. You need to do hashtag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep plugging away, boys. <laughs> so, so make sure you use the hashtag um, uh, TBG pod. And also P-O-T-W, hashtag P-O-T-W. Those two hashtags, let's get those trending for your player of, uh, your prospect of the week, rather. So who wants to start this, this one? I want to start, because I'm desperate to start. Go, go ahead, go Oli, ahead. you're my prospect. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you thinking? Losing 4-0 to a, a poor Everton team. I mean... I've said for for a long time that this Oli appointment is the most baffling appointment in my mm. in my in my mind, and I feel that let's be honest that the Cardiff Oli is starting to raise ugly heads, <laughs> and as upset Dejes, I know he loves Oli, but let's be honest, he's a fish out of water 
in the Man United job. To I be mean, honest, it's not all his fault. The players. Of course, are, you're gonna say that this. But yeah. sorry, this is my agenda, and I, <laughs> and I want to push. I want to hammer this agenda, agenda home. Cool. I just feel it was a it was a poor all round performance. And I, as I said, as a as a fan of of a team, I want to see my manager be proactive. Mm. And when I see Oli throughout the past five to six weeks, he's been so reactive. Mm-hmm. He looks like he d- he doesn't know what he's doing on the touchline. At a point in the game, I saw him leaning on Mike Phelan, <laughs> and I was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> hey, God, God, you're always you're always gonna say, oh, Ollie's this, Ollie's that. You don't like." But I saw him leaning as if he wanted to use him as a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ollie, if you're listening, I know you're probably not. You're my prospect of the week, bro. <laughs> Fair play. And every time. He loses. It's the Manchester United way. We need. To, I want to hear tactical analysis. <laughs> not this is Manchester United. We do this. We do that. What I want to say. I want to say. Why did you lose? Yeah. <laughs> why didn't it work in midfield? But every time, oh, we play the Manchester United way. What is that? Tell us it. Yeah. And I mean, come on. This is a manager that's inept. No. Well, fair enough. That's yeah. your. I mean, we're not going to be moving far away from you know Manchester. Yeah. I'm going to go for one of the outfield players. Mm-hmm. Someone that's been much heralded as mm-hmm. the best goalkeeper in the world, David <laughs> De Gea. I mean, he had an adventurous week. I mean, midweek, he was at the new Camp, one of the biggest sporting, you know, theatres in the world. Yeah. And um, he allowed a, a shot, a tepid, tame shot yeah. from Lionel Messi to squirm under him. And the cameras went to his eyes. He looked like he wanted the whole ground to swallow him up. <laughs> I mean, and he, his, his fortunes didn't actually get better at Goodison. I mean, yeah, there was man. a shot from Gilfie Sigurdsson. I was watching the game with Dot. I called it straight away. Cut what? and bang. Sigurdsson, when he had the shot. Yes, yes. Like, what, yes. did you call it or I called it? I called it. I want I the praise no, there. <laughs> yeah, so he cut in and he shot. And you could see David De Gea. He tried to anticipate which way yeah. um, Sigurdsson was going to go. And Sigurdsson done him with the eyes. And after that goal went in, you could see him like grimace yeah, and scrunch his was, face. Yeah. Like, oh, he got me there yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. And he's making errors now. And you're not used to seeing this. I mean... He's not, you know, favoured or back home in Spain. Yeah. The crowd haven't taken to him because he's made a lot of mistakes. And clangers. But yeah, clangers. And my like, boss, is, he wants him sold in the summer. He's sick and tired of David De Gea. Mm. Um, he wants him out of the club and he wants wow. him replaced. Mm. I mean, are we, you know, are these performances a byproduct of him wanting to leave the club? Mm. We don't know, but his performances are certainly allowing Manchester United to suffer. This is a guy two seasons ago that was winning games, winning yeah, points for Manchester yeah. United. What's, what's strange about goalkeepers is like they hit a peak and they just fall yeah. and they never actually recover. Mm-hmm. Like a I mean, we've seen Tibbet Quattara struggling for a few years now yeah. and it seems that like David De Gea, I love him, but I think he's going down the same route. Mm. Yeah, I he's think struggling. it's a case of motivation, contracts. Has he been at Manchester United for too long? And, you know, he's costing his team points and games and... For us to say that about David De Gea is a yeah. is a very interesting thingy. Like, so yeah, with all these clangers, it's an interesting question. Who who is the best goalkeeper in the world right now? It's a is it Allison? Is it Testegen? Is it mm. I don't know. But another honourable mention I want to give is um, this was a a winger that you know started his game at Watford, 
got signed for 18 to 20 million by Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. Then he made the move across to Manchester United where he started predominantly as a winger. I remember him scoring in an 8-2 win against Arsenal. And he's matured in age. And um, he's been filtered back into a defensive position. And we saw him We saw him rear his ugly head in the Camp Nou when he was on the floor. Then Messi just picked him off and scored the goal. So Ashley Young, you're my vice prospect of the week. There was another player I'm thinking of, but it's escaped my memory, man. Yeah. Ah man, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Those are my so David De Gea. You're my prospect of the week, and you know, mm. Ashley Young's on the subs bench, so he can take over as prospect of the week as and when he likes. Fair play. What I about more said Mustafi? Do you, oh, do absolutely. You, <laughs> I mean, he always has <laughs> to get an honourable mention. Mistake? Shout out to Mus because <laughs> he's he called it. He called it early. He said, "Look, Mustafi hasn't played yet." But he somehow, <laughs> someway, will be culpable for Arsenal shipping in goals, right? And honestly, I don't know where to start with his with his cat- catalogue of clangers. Yeah, man. It's, a, it's a joke. But, it, but, but honestly, for for um, oh, what's this guy's name? I can't, Zahar for for um, Wilfred Zahar's um, goal. Yeah, I was. Have you what seen on it earth? was Mustafi doing you, yeah. you, you definitely need to see the, yeah, the highlights it, it just terrible. makes no sense yeah, he was like really. trying to shield uh, uh, yeah. the ball away from uh, Zahar and expecting Leno to come out but mm. there wasn't he didn't communicate mm. it very it well was, and it was I don't know who he was trying to blame and, and, and seemed frustrated but like I said earlier on in the pod I just need him to pack his bags I need him on his first flight back to Valencia you, you know one more contender Alex McLeish, he's been sacked <laughs> off. <laughs> he's been sacked off as a Scotland manager. They said that I called that def- it, I called it, bro. I called it. Yeah, they said that that defeat against um, Kazakhstan was the final nail yeah, in his coffin, yeah. didn't it? And come on, like, this guy, I don't want to see him in management again. And if I do, I'll personally be writing a letter to the Scottish <laughs> FA or to anyone that appoints him to say, you know what, this is unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, all right, man. So, un- unfortunately, listeners, that is um, all we have time for. Like we said already, you know, continue to uh, follow and, and and share the um, the, the Twitter handle podcast underscore TBG. Uh, once you've listened to this episode, uh, thank you for listening until this point. But share it around in your in your group chats amongst your friends, amongst your family members, um, and please let us know your your prospect of the week. In response to the, the the tweet that we're gonna put out, we want your feedback. We want your interaction. Um, you know, it goes a long way to building the the, the the platform. So let us know who your player or who your prospect of the week is. So that being said, we're we're, we're now done with the episode. The time flies. It man. Really, really does, man. It's Honestly. like when I'm in here, like the time is like fast forward. You don't realize, man, and you look at the Smart. time and you're like, wow, we, we got on this far. But anyway, Game of Thrones tonight. Game of Thrones. Yeah. I just got. I just got I'm the alert up. now that it's, it's, um, course, it's been man. released. Thirty so. minutes. Yeah, that's it, oh. man. And obviously tomorrow's bank holiday, yeah, so happy days all That's it, man. You get a nice little line, man. So uh, happy Easter weekend for, to all of our listeners. Uh, thank you for listening in, um, and and we're gonna catch you next time, man. On our uh, on the next episode, man. Over and out. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. 
Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.